0: لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا ما يحده الله فلا مضل له وما يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد فإن أحسن الكلام كلام الله وخير الهدى هدى محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وَإِنَّ شَرَّ الْأُمُورِ مُحْتَثَاتُهَا وَكُلَّ مُحْتَثَةٍ بِدْعَةٍ وَكُلَّ بِدْعَةٍ ضَلَالَةٍ وَكُلَّ ضَلَالَةٍ فِي النَّارٍ So today is our sixth lesson on the series on the good life. What is the good life? الْحَيَاةُ الطَيِّبَةٍ As described in the Qur'an. In the previous lesson, lesson number five, we looked at how a believer looks at this world, and before that, we looked at how a disbeliever looks at this world. So, in the Quran, Allah has mentioned the difference between how a disbeliever sees the dunya and his attitude towards the dunya, and how a believer or the condition or the state of a believer in the life of this world and how he views the life of this world. Uh, So in today's lesson we are going to continue with that discussion of a believer in the life of this world and in this lesson we are going to look at what are the elements or what are the components of a good life in this world. What are, what are the, the, the components? What are the things which a believer he has, which are the ingredients of a good life in this world? And so, if you rem- remember from the previous lesson, we said, we mentioned that true life, real life, is the life of the of the akhirah, of the hereafter. Why? Because life will never cease, and life is more perfect in the hereafter then it is here and it will be eternal it will never never end right so that is the true life the real life this is the same whether you are a person of paradise or whether you are a person of hellfire right in hellfire that is the true life the real life and in paradise that is the true life the real life we mean here the life which is eternal never ending right that is true life Life in this dunya is only temporary first of all, it's temporary, it will come to an end, it is very very short. And then within this life, within the the life of this world, the real and true life while you are in this world is iman and taqwa and righteous actions, otherwise there is no real life in this world either in this world either, right? And this is why for the disbeliever who dies upon kufr, then there's nothing but misery, even if there's some temporary enjoyment, right? there's nothing but uh, ruin and loss in this life, and likewise in the next life. So they never really had any life in the real true sense of the word as described in the Qur'an. So we should already understand that from the previous lesson. That the true and real life is the life of the hereafter. And in this world, the only true and real life is the life of Iman, Al-Iman and Al-Amar As-Salih, righteous actions. Everything outside of that is ruin and loss and wastage. It is just pastime, playing, you know, idleness, that's all it is. So starting from today's lesson, then... In the Quran, there are numerous things which are associated with life, with Hayat, and they include the following. Number one, Al Islam. Islam. Number two, Al Iman. Al Iman. Number three, Al Aqal. Sound reason. Understanding. A person of understanding, of sound reason. Who uses that reason? Likewise, al-'ilm, which is knowledge. Likewise, the Qur'an. And likewise, al-jihad fi sabilillah, which is striving in the path of Allah. This is on page forty-seven, at the bottom, page forty-seven. So, uh, al-jihad fi sabilillah, which is striving in the path of Allah. And likewise, also al-wikr hasan a good mention in the life of this world. We'll explain what this means, hasan, a good mention in the life of this world. So as for each of these seven things that we mentioned, then there are proofs for them in the Qur'an. So first of all, the statement, uh, hasan, fi dunya, which is a good mention, being given a good mention in the life of this world. Like, For example, we know that the previous prophets and messengers, we, 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 Allah has given them a good mention. As Ibrahim Al-Islam, Musa al islam, these are the names which uh, passed on generation after generation. And they have been given a good mention. And so likewise, the believers, uh, the followers of the prophets and messengers, then they are given a good mention. So for each of these uh, components or aspects of what makes a good life then we look at the Qur'an and look at you know, various verses which are, are a proof of this. So, first of all, the statement of Allah wal al Not equal are the living and nor the dead. Right? So the equal, the living and the dead are not equal. Now this has been explained by some of the Mufassirun of Tha'lab who said, الحي هو المسلم والميت هو الكافر الحي هو المسلم والميت هو الكافر The living one is the Muslim and the dead one is the disbeliever. Likewise, this is Islam and kufr. So Islam is Life. As in the true and real life, in the life of this world. Not the biological life, not the biological life, because this, this is the way that Allah has created life, by way of water, and by way of the dust of the earth, and by way of the, the elements, right? And the biological life. Everyone is equal in that regard. The believer, the disbeliever, everything is equal, biologically. Right? But here we are speaking of the true, the real life, the life which brings happiness. Right in this life and the next, so here, Al-Hayy, who was Muslim, Wal-Mayyid, who was Kafir. So here, Islam is life, and similarly, we see that uh, as Zajaj he said regarding this ayah, Al-Ahya'u, Al-Mu'minun, Al-Ahya'u, Al-Mu'minun, Wal-Amwat, Al-Kafirun, and then he gave a proof for this. Uh, he gave a proof of the statement from another ayah, which is the statement of Allah, Amwatun Ghiru Ahya That they are dead, not living, and they do not know when they shall be raised. Surah An-Nahl, Surah sixteen, verse twenty-one. And the one before that was Surah Fatir, Surah thirty-five, verse twenty-two. So here it's referring to those who are dead among the disbelievers and they will not know when they are going to be resurrected so here he said al ahya al mu'minun who are the living the living are the believers meaning the people of iman the people of iman wal amwat al kafirun those who are dead they are the disbelievers so again here dead does not mean biologically and physically dead it means Dead in the heart, right? Because there is no iman in the heart. There is no iman in Allah, and His angels, and His books, and His messengers, in Al Qadr, the last day, right? So without this, without this iman, then the heart cannot have life. So from this sense, the disbeliever is dead, and the believer is living. Also, uh, one of the verses that the scholars mention. Uh, with the same meaning is the statement of Allah عز و جل, يخرج الحي من الميت ويخرج الميت من الحي, that He brings out the living from the dead, and He brings out the dead from the living. So, many of the mufassirin, uh, from from the meanings that they explain with respect to this, is that they say. This refers to a mu'min and a kafir, a believer and a disbeliever. And so when it is said he brings out the living from the dead, it means that he guides a person of disbelief to iman. So he's taken out a living out of a dead. right? So this applies in terms of iman, it also applies in terms of life as well. There are two meanings here. Right, So he gives life to the earth after it is dead. The earth is dead and he brings life out of it. And likewise, when he gives life to plants or to you know, humans or whatever else, then he takes life out of them. So he brings out the dead from the living. Right, So that's one level of meaning. And also, they add to this that the meaning is also in terms of iman and kufr. So he brings out iman out of one who is dead, out of one who is upon kufr, disbelief. And he brings out disbelief, death, which is death, from one who is upon iman. So that person becomes a disbeliever. So uh, this is very, very clear that iman is life. Iman, al-iman is life. It is part and parcel of having true life. Similarly, what proves this is the statement of Allah Azza wa Jal, كَانَ مَيْتًا فَأَحْيَيْنَاهُ وَجَعَلْنَا لَهُ نُورًا يَمْشِي بِهِ فِي النَّاسِ," is one who was dead, and then we gave him life, and then we made for him a light by which he walks amongst the people. So this is Suratul An'am, Surah six, verse 122. So, Katada. He says about this, ma'ahu min nurun biha wa wa yantahi So he says, This is a believer who has with him light from Allah. Light from Allah, Nur, and Bayina, meaning clear evidence, guidance, clear evidence, which he acts upon. He acts upon it. And he takes it, he, he holds it, and takes it, and it is this that uh, the book of Allah, you know, uh, the, the, the book of Allah, it leads a person to. And Ibn Kathir, rahimahullah, he said, "Wal imanu huwa hayatul Iman is the life of the hearts. And similarly, Imam al-Shawkani, rahimahullah, he explains why. In the Quran, Noor is only mentioned in the singular, Noor, and why darkness is always mentioned in the uh, plural, Zulumat in the plural. So he says, "Wa Afrad al Noor la Anahu Jinsun yashmul 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 jimiy al Muawie wajma wajma al Zulumat li kathra asbabha." addudi anwaiha, Which means that he made Nur to be single because it is a, a, a genus, it is a type which includes all the various types that come into it. Right, So it's always mentioned in the singular. But he made ظُلُمَات to be in plural because the causes of darkness, the causes of darkness meaning oppression or misguidance or you know sin or evil, because its various types are very, very many. right? Its, 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 its types are very, very many. So, from all of this discussion so far, we've seen Al-Islam is life and Al-Iman is life. right? So, the Mufassirun have commented upon these ayat and they've clearly provided this meaning. Now, also what indicates this is the name of one of the prophets which is prophet Yahya alayhi salam and Yahya is a unique and individual name Allah azza he said addressing Zakariya as a cousin Surat Maryam ya Zakariya inna nubashshiruka bi-ghulamin ismuhu Yahya lam naj'al min qablu samia O Zakariya Indeed, we give you the good news or glad tidings of a son whose name of a child or a son whose name will be Yahya. And we have not made for anyone before a name like this. Meaning Yahya is a unique name. No one was named this before. So he was given this name. And الراعب he says فقد نبّح أنه سمّاه بذلك من حيث إنه لم تمت الذنوب كما أماتت كثيراً من ولد آدم ولذلك وصفه الله تعالى بالصلاح في قوله في شأن عليه السلام then he mentions another ayah which I'll come on to so basically he says Allah has informed us here that he named him with this name Yahya Yahya. Because he did not cause his life to die by way of sins. Which many of the sons of Adam have done. So many of the sons of Adam have destroyed their life by the commission of sins. They committed many many sins, so they destroyed their life, not biologically, but the life of the heart. The life of the soul, right? They killed whatever Iman was possessed by the heart and, and, and the soul. So, um, uh, Yahya is one who did not do that by way of sin. And this is why Allah described him with as salah, with righteousness, uh, with piety. And we see that in another. Uh, ayah in Surah Ali Imran. Allah Zawajal, He said, فَنَادَتْهُ الْمَلَائِكَةِ وَهُوَ قَائِمٌ يصلي فِي الْمِحْرَابِ Speaking about uh, Zachariah, that the angels called out to him while he was standing, praying in the mihrab. So, so the angel said, أَنَّ اللَّهُ يُبَشِّرُكَ بِيَحْيَا مُصَدِّقًا بِكَلِمَةٍ مِّنَ اللَّهُ وَسَيِّدًا وَحَسُورًا وَنَبِيًّا مِّنَ السَّالِحِينَ So the angels called out to him whilst he was standing praying in the mihrab that Allah gives you glad tidings of Yahya who will confirm as confirmation of a word from Allah and as a Sayyid, one who will be honorable and a Hasura, Sayyidan, Hasura. Hasura is one who he abstains from women. He keeps away from women. And Wanabian Minasalihin, and a prophet from among the righteous. So this is how he was described. And likewise was Zachariah, yahya Isa, that Zachariya and Yahya and Isa and Ilyas, all of these are prophets from the uh, prophets of Bani Israel, all of them were from the righteous. So the point being here from this name, this name of Yahya, he was also given uh, the book and he was also given sound judgment. Sound judgment. Allah, Allah he said, Ya Yahya, خُذِي الْكِتَابَ بِقُوَّةِ وَآتَيْنَاهُ الْحُكْمَ sabiyya. O oh Yahya, take the book, take hold of the book with strength. And we gave him judgment as a... Uh, child. Right? Meaning that at an early age as Imam al-Sa'di explains that he began to memorize memorize the book memorize the book which is the uh, the, the, the Torah and the, the, what was given to Bani Israel. So he memorized the book and he memorized the rulings of Allah the judgments of Allah, the ahkam of Allah and then he was also able, he was given the understanding the reason, the understanding to also make judgment by way of the book of Allah right? So he was given all of this and also he is described that he was not one who is jabbar, meaning someone who is oppressive and you know forceful and uh, tyrannical and, uh, and nor was he disobedient. This is how he has been described in the Qur'an. However, the, the, the part which concerns us is that there are some hadith which are related uh, from the Prophet الله مَا مِنْ There is none who will meet Allah on the Day of Judgment except that he will have sin. Except... Yahya bin Zakaria, and we see that uh, in, in, a, in, a, in a hadith which Sheikh Al Bani, may Allah him, declares to be authentic uh, in silsila al-Sahihah number two nine eight four. with a similar hadith. ما من أحد من ولد آدم إلا قد أخطأ أو حم بخطيئة ليس يحيى بن زكريا. There is none from the offspring of Adam. Except that he has committed a sin. Except or he has thought about committing a sin. Right? So, not just. So, it's either he's committed a sin or he's thought about committing a sin. Although he hasn't done the sin. And, lays Yahya bin Zakaria. And here we see, except for Yahya bin Zakaria. Meaning that he did not even think, it didn't pass through him to actually commit a sin. Right, so this is Yahya bin Zakariya. and Qatada. Um, he said that Al Hasan said, "Allah Nabi Sallallahu." So this is, these are different variations of the narration. But the one I just read uh, from Silsilah sahiha that is authentic. Uh, these are some other narrations around that. Ma Yahya bin Zakaria qat, Yahya bin Zakaria never committed any sin. And nor did he nor did, did he think of a woman. Right? So it didn't pass through his his, his mind. And uh, so from all of this, what do we understand? Yahya bin Zakariya Yahya bin is an example of a person, of a prophet, of a righteous prophet who did not kill his iman by way of sin and this informs us it teaches us what is true and real life what is the true and real life right so we mentioned al islam we mentioned al iman this should be now should now be clear and also from this is the statement of allah in surah Yasin, towards the very end in which Allah wa He says, إن هو, إلا ذكر وقرآن مبين. إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا ذِكْرٌ وَقُرْآنٌ مُّبِينٌ Indeed, it is but a reminder, a remembrance, and a clear Qur'an. A clear Qur'an. And then the next verse says, مَنْ كَانَ حَيَّاً وَيَحِقَّ الْقَوْلُ عَلَى الْكَافِرِينَ In order that He may warn that he may warn the one who is living and that the word may be established upon the disbelievers. Now reflect upon this passage here in these two verses. Mentions the remembrance and the Qur'an that this is indeed it it is but a Qur'an. A clear Qur'an and remembrance. And it is there to warn the one who is living, ويحق القول ويحق القول And that it may establish the word against the disbelievers. So in other words, it is something that will... Uh, that, that, that the one who is living, he will take admonition from it. He will be admonished by it. And the one who is dead, who is a disbeliever it will simply establish the proof against him. Right? So he won't benefit from it because there's no life in the heart. So all that will happen to the disbeliever is that this Qur'an will establish the proof upon that person. Whereas for a believer, because there is hayat, there is life, then the admonition of the Qur'an will enter and benefit that person. Now, uh, the meaning of this particular ayah is, as we see from some of the Mufassirun, the meaning is that the one who is a believer and who ya'qil, who, who understands, who understands what is being said to him, right? He is the one who is living. So in other words, the one who hears the ayat of the Qur'an and he grasps and understands With his reason, right, what is being said to him. And that's because he has an asal, there's foundation of, there's life in his heart, meaning that his heart wants guidance, right, it's prepared to listen, it wants to listen. And there are no barriers, there's there's no kibr, there's no arrogance, there's no pride, there's no, it's not putting the world ahead of the hereafter like many disbelievers do, even though they know the truth. They know the truth, right, but something of the world comes in between, right? Some worldly preference. So the heart is free from all of this and it's able to understand. This is why at dahak rahimahullah, he said about this ayah, "Man Man The one who is, you know, intelligent. The one who has aql, The one who is understanding. Who grasps. This is what this verse is speaking about, right? So here now we have akal. Reason, sound reason, a person with understanding, intelligence, right? He grasps what is being said to him. So these are three things now: Al-Islam, Al-Iman, Al-Aqal. And that's why numerous times in the Quran, um, the the, the, the ayat of Allah uh, is referring to those people who ya'qilun, right? They understand, they grasped, they they, they grasp. Will you then not understand, right? These are questions which are being posed to show that the Quran is for people of intelligence, of intellect, and of understanding. Which means that this has to be part and parcel of what makes a good life, right? To have a good life in the life of this world. You have to be a person of understanding and of, you know, intelligence who uses their mind, uses their intellect. So, so far we have Al-Islam, we have Al-Iman, we have also, we have Al-Ilm, Wal-Quran, Wal-Jihad, and all of these are mentioned uh, together. And um, the ayah in the Quran, which covers all of these, these three, Al-Ilm, Wal-Quran, Wal-Jihad, is the statement of Allah Ya ayyuhallazina amanu, Ya ayyuhallazina amanu, stajibu lillahi wa lirrasul. إِذَا لِمَا يُحْيِيكُمْ أَنَّ اللَّهَ يَحُولُ بَيْنْ أَلْمَرْءِ وَقَلْبِهِ وَأَنَّهُ إِلَيْهِ تُحْشَرُونَ O oh you who believe, respond. Respond to Allah and His Messenger when He calls you to that which will give you life. To that which will give you life. And know that Allah comes in between a man and his heart. And that it is to him, that you shall be raised, meaning resurrected and raised. So here, Qatada, Rahimahullah, he says about this ayah that what is meant here when when, when Allah when he says, Istajibu الْقُرْآنِ meaning the Quran, respond to the Quran. And this is because the Qur'an has within it knowledge, ilm, by which true life is acquired. So this is one of the explanations of this ayah. Respond to Allah and His Messenger when He invites you to that which will give you life. One interpretation is, this refers to the Qur'an, respond to the Qur'an and to the knowledge which it contains, and to the commands and the prohibitions, and so on and so forth. The second view which most of the scholars say is that this is referring to jihad, referring to striving in the path of Allah azzawajal. And how does this relate to life? Right. So what is the connection between this verse... And the issue of life. Because he, Allah, he said, Right? There are two levels of meaning here. The first level of the meaning is what we already explained it is the Quran. So you respond to the Quran, the Quran invites you to Iman, to righteous actions. So this will give you life in the heart, right? This is very clear. So this is the Quran and ilm. But there's another explanation of this ayah where it means, when, when it is said, "istajibu rasul," Respond to Allah and the Messenger. Meaning, respond to when they invite you and call you to make jihad in his path. So how is this connected to life? It is connected because when you have two enemies, when there's two enemies which are fighting against other, then... The weakness or subduing one enemy is life for the other one, right? So when this enemy is defeated here, there is life for that one. Otherwise, otherwise that one would have been killed by this one. And if this one defeats that one, then there is life for this one. Because if they hadn't done so, then they would have killed them. And they would have had no life. So this is the connection now to here, the command to, like, jihad. This is, uh, jihad, istajibu lillahu Rasul, Uh, إذا دعاكم لما يحييكم to that which will give you life. Right? Which means that you fight against the transgressing enemy, and that is what will give you life. Because if you do not, or if you do not do so, then life will be taken from you. So this is actually the second, uh, meaning, which is, Which which is jihad in the path of Allah, which leads to life. But also, there's another level on top of that as well. And this is because uh, al jihad is the means of shahada, which is martyrdom, and shahada is eternal life. This is eternal life. And that's why we are prohibited from saying about the shuhada that they are amwāt. We don't say amwāt, rather we say about them, they are shuhadā. And so this is why in the Qur'an we read, we read in a number of ayāt, وَلَا تَحْسَبَنَّ الَّذِينَ قُتِلُوا فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ أَمْوَاتًا بَلْ أَحْيَاءٌ عِنْدَ ربهم يرزقون. Do not think about those who are killed in the path of Allah, that they are dead. Rather they are living and they are being provided for. By their Lord. And similarly, uh, وَلَا تقولوا لمن في سبيل اللَّهِ Amwat. Here we prohibited. Do not say about those who are killed in the path of Allah that they are Amwat, that they are dead. Do not say that. And so we've been prohibited from saying that they are dead, and we've been ordered or we you know we are informed, instructed to say that they are shuhada that they are died as martyrs. They are martyrs, they are not actually dead, they are living. So, here you can see then that with, with the second interpretation, the meaning that lillahi rasul. This means respond to when they call you to jihad. Then that is life from the angle that you are saving life, preserving life by defeating the enemy. And secondly, if you are killed in the course of this path of Allah, then you become a among the shuhada, which is eternal life. So there is life in it from that sense as well. Right? And this is why we are prohibited to say what about those who are killed in the path of Allah. Rather, they are shuhada. Now also another explanation, a more general explanation, is this ayah when it says "istajibu lillahi idha da'akum lima yuhikum," this refers is general to everything which is haq and sawab, which is truth. Whatever is truth and whatever is correct, right? Then it comes and it comes into this. So, in other words, everything the Quran invites us to, everything that we are asked to believe in, everything that we are asked to act upon. Right, all of this enters into that which gives you life. Every act of obedience, every act of righteousness, everything which is Iman, all of that, all of that enters into lima yuhiyikum, to that which will give you life. So, here we have, you know, we have al ilm, al Quran, al jihad, all of these are. Aspects or components of having a good life. And um, the seventh one is a dhikrul hasan a dhikrul hasan uh, which is a good mention. And what what is this referring to? This is like another life for a person. Uh, this is mentioned in the statement of Allah كَيْفَ تَكْفُرُونَ بِاللَّهِ وَكُنْتُمْ أَمْوَاتًا فَأَحْيَاكُمْ ثُمَّ يُمِيتُكُمْ ثُمَّ يُحْيِيكُمْ ثُمَّ إِلَيْهِ تُرْجِعُونَ The beginning of Surah Al-Baqarah. How can you disbelieve? How can you disbelieve? When you were dead, you were dead. And then He gave you life. And then He caused you to die and then He will bring you back to life. And then to Him shall you be returned. Right? So there's a state of death, then given life, then your life taken, which is death again, and then resurrected and given life again. And so, one of the interpretations mentioned by al Qurtubi with respect to this verse is that First of all, you were dead. This is the first death. Death meaning that you did not exist. And you had no mention. There was no mention of you. Because you were nothing. And you were obscure, unknown. So then Allah gave you life. You then had life. And in that life, you were mentioned. You were given mention. And you acquired nobility and honor by way of this religion and by way of the Prophet who came to you, right? right? So you were non-existent, then you came to be and then you were given a good mention. How is that good mention? Because you as believers are mentioned in the Qur'an, those who believe. You are given good mention, right? Because you responded to Allah and His Messenger and so on and so forth. And then He causes, will cause you to die And then your remembrance will die as well. You will no longer be remembered again. And then He will raise you again for resurrection. So, what does all of this mean? A dhikrul Hasan, when we say a dhikrul Hasan, the good mention, this is the mention that is made that Allah gives and which continues to be made to the Prophets and their followers. Right? And that's why, for example, in Surah safat Allah mentions the stories of many Prophets, numerous number of Prophets, such as uh, Musa and Harun, a.s. and Ilyas. And he says about them, after mentioning the story, وَتَرَقْنَا fil uh, fi right? about Musa and Harun. That we left in the generations to come a good mention of them, a favorable mention. And about Ilyas, the Prophet Ilyas, Fil We left for him, after him, in the generations after, a favorable mention. And that's the same with all of the prophets and messengers. That's why today, every the names that all across the world that are mentioned, Ibrahim and Nuh, And Musa, and you know the Isa li-salam, right? They are given a good mention, a zikrul Hasan. And so this is the case also with the people of Iman. The people of Iman, they are given a zikrul Hasan. And this, a zikrul Hasan, is obtained, or is part and parcel of life, a good life. Why? Because it is, it is. Following the guidance, following the guidance of the prophets and messengers. Right? So, all of this is part and parcel of Al Hayatul Tayyibah. We mentioned seven things, as we said. Uh, there is Al uh, Islam, there is Al Iman, there is Al uh, al-Aql, reason, understanding, there is Ilm, there is the Quran, Al Ilm, Al Quran, there's Jihad in the path of Allah, and there is Al Dhikrul Hasan, a good mention. After this, there is also there's some other things as well. Uh, for example, the legislation of Allah the Sharia of Allah Azawajal, this also comes into lillahi rasul, daakum, lima Right, to respond to the legislation of Allah, to the law of Allah Because the law of Allah is also something in which there is life. So for example, uh, the, the law of al-qisas the law of retribution wa lakum fil qisas hayatun ya ulil albab that in the law of retribution there is life for you o people of intelligence in order that you may have taqwa that you may fear allah fatada rahimullah, he said about this that allah made Retribution. What is the law of retribution? The law of retribution, al-qisas, is that if someone damages you, injures you, then you have the right to injure him in an equal, like manner. If someone damages your eye, you can damage his eye. If someone damages your ear, you damage his ear. If someone takes the life of a member of your family, you have the right to take the life of that person, right, who committed that crime. Now, this is al-qisas. This is the law of retribution, which is. Justice, So Qatada says Allah has made this Qisas as life, meaning something that preserves life. And he made it to be a lesson for the people of intelligence. And within it is an admonition for the people of ignorance and foolishness. Those who, um, you know, he says how many people are there who have thought of doing something evil or some crime or something and had it not been for the fear of al qisas meaning he knows that if he does this crime and he wrongs somebody in their body or you know, injures them or kills them that he is going to be given the same right so upon thinking about that then he's kept away from committing that evil and through this allah has kept servants of his Away from others, meaning away from committing uh, oppression and crime against them. And Allah never commanded any command, any order, ever, except that it is a command of rectification for the world and the hereafter. And Allah never prohibited any affair, except that this prohibition, except that this affair is corruption, fasad. Whatever Allah prohibited, it is fasad, corruption. And Allah is more knowledgeable of that which rectifies His creation. So, obviously included within the Qur'an and al-ilm, right, and making istijaba to Allah and His Messenger, it is abiding by His law. And the law of Allah Azawajal within it is true life, true life. And we discussed this in the previous series about the uh the uh, wisdoms and benefits in the the laws and the rules of allah azza uh, we can see very very clear examples of this the fact that allah azza has prohibited uh riba riba usury now within this is life for people likewise the law of al qisas within this is life for people he has legislated or recommended marriage And procreation, and within this is is life. He has prohibited the killing of children on account of poverty, or fear of poverty. Within this is life. Right? He prohibited the pagan Arabs from killing their daughters, which they used to do. Within this is life, and so many other things which are direct, directly saving life, or indirectly saving life, or prolonging life. Right? Such as you know, healthy. Eating and eating in moderation, and you know, many, many other things. Everything in the sharia is there to give people life, whether in the biological, physical sense, or whether in in terms of the hearts, in terms of the life of the hearts. So, here then we can add that the law of Allah, uh, when you stick to that, then that will also give you life. Then, likewise, Shaykh al Islam Ibn Taymiyya, taala, he said. من أراد السعادة، من أراد al فليلزم عتبت العبودية. He who desires to have eternal happiness, if you want to be eternally happy, happy forever, then let him stick to, um, you know, the utmost servitude to Allah. To have utmost obedience and servitude to Allah. This is true happiness. This is true life, real life, true life you get by being obedient to Allah and, you know, having uh, servitude to Allah Azza wa Jal. So, we'll finish with just a number of points uh, that we should make. So, we mentioned so far then. What are the things that make a person have a good life in the life of this world? It is Islam, al-Iman, it is uh, use of reason, sound reason, right? It is um, uh, the, the 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 Quran, al-Ilm, wal Jihadu fi Sabilillah, al al Hasan, the Ahkam of Allah, the Sharia. You mention all these things, right? This is what makes a good life. Now, we'll discuss that there is a false type of reasoning that some people have, whether it might be disbelievers or it might be sinful Muslims who are affected by the dunya. Right? Disbelievers or Muslims who are affected by the dunya. They have a faulty understanding. They think that whoever has wealth and riches and power and strength and abundance and luxury, that the one who has these possessions, that this is a proof that Allah is favoring them. That Allah is favoring them, right? So there are some people, if you believe in Allah, there were many who would think, well, like the pagan Arabs, right? The pagan Arabs... Unlike Fir'aun, right, they, their thinking was, well, I own all of these gardens, I own all of these rivers, right, I have so much wealth and possession. How can Allah, if there is a Lord, how can, he, how can He choose this man, Musa al Islam, how can He choose this man over me? Why would He choose this man over me when I am the wealthy person with luxury? How can they, he clearly cannot be a prophet? And likewise the pagan Arabs they, they used to think, How why would Allah choose Muhammad when there are lofty noble people from the tribes of the Quraysh in Quraysh and you know some of the other tribes? Why would he why would he choose this man? And we are the nobles, right? Because they, and they thought that they were actually being favoured by Allah Allah is actually favoring them, and this is a false prophet. He's not a messenger. So the reasoning is, how can we possibly be wrong? When we have luxury, when we have status, when we have wealth, this proves Allah must be pleased with us. And we must be correct. Right? Likewise, the same thing applies for those who don't even believe in Allah. The atheists, the materialists, and people like that. They think, you know, we have got all the wealth, we have intelligence, the wealth, right? We got so much power with our, you know, the wealth, the money, the money creation and everything else, the military and everything else, right? So evolution has favored us. We are, we are superior because we are so intelligent that we've managed through our intelligence to, you know, control people, control nations, control their economies. We have military might. We have this. How can we possibly be wrong? How can we be wrong in what we are doing? Evolution has favoured us, right? Natural selection has favoured us, right? So they would think along these lines. How can we possibly be wrong, right? And so again, they're thinking like from from the principle of their disbelief that this possession, luxury, affluence, right, is something that shows that they are upon the truth. However, Allah Azawajal in surah uh, fajr at the beginning al fajr mentions the ad and the uh, you know the, the, the nations of the uh, thamud and the ad and um, firaun all of these nations they had armies and they committed a great deal of corruption right so after mentioning how he destroyed them right when he poured upon the severe punishment Allah then mentions about man, right? He mentions some thinking, psychology of a man. So he says, فَأَمَّا الْإِنسَانُ إِذَا مَبَتَلَاهُ رَبُّهُ فَأَكْرَمَهُ وَنَعَمَهُ فَيَقُولُ رَبِّي أَكْرَمًا As for man, when Allah tests him, when His law tests him, and then He gives him, He honors him, or he, you know he gives him loads of things. I mean he enlarges his provision, he gives him loads of things. So this person thinks indeed, my Lord, he's honored me. He's honored me because I have got so much provision. My provision has expanded, I have wealth, I have wives, I have offspring numbering such and such. I have possessions, homes, right So he now thinks this is Allah honoring me. He thinks wealth is be, being honored. And then another one, and then, 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 then he says, But as for when Allah restricts His provision to just the bare necessities, His provision is restricted. He then says, My Lord has humiliated me. Right? So he thinks that honouring honouring and humiliating, what is it tied to? It is tied to Allah giving you more provision and Allah reducing your provision. Right? This is completely wrong. This is wrong thinking. That's why this was mentioned here after Allah mentioned the destruction of the Ad, destruction of the Thamud, and destruction of Firaun. Because all of these nations and their leaders were thinking that having possession, having wealth, being affluent, being in ease, this is clearly a sign that Allah is favoring you. But it's not. Rather what it is a sign is that Allah is testing you. That's why He says here, فَأَمَّا الْإِنسَانِ إِذَا مَبَتَلَاهُ When He tests him, right? And then He sent the second ayah, وَأَمَّا إِذَا مَبَتَلَاهُ Right, when he tests him with restricting provision. This is actually a test. It is not a sign that Allah actually is favoring you because you are rich or affluent and He is humiliating you because, uh, because you have less possession. So in other words, this reasoning, this type of reasoning is incorrect. And this is the reasoning that nations fell into before from the nations that were destroyed. And likewise the pagan Arabs to whom the messenger was sent, they also thought like this, right how can this poor poor uh person muhammad how hows he been made a messenger over and above us the nobles of Quraysh. how can that be and we have the wealth we are in charge of the kaaba right so they thought that they that they were actually uh allah favored them and allah was pleased with them uh, when this was not uh, the case so the point being that um Allah the way He deals with His creation, there are certain rules, there are certain laws by which Allah deals with His creation, and sometimes we may not understand. We may not understand those laws, right? So let me give you an example. And please have patience with me as I finish the rest. There's only two pages, inshallah. So, for example, with respect to Muslims and believers, we see that in the Qur'an, Allah has a certain rule or law in dealing with the people of Iman and Tawheed. What is that law? What is that law? There are many ayat in the Qur'an, um, never does Allah change a people Until they change that which is with themselves. So the Muslims and the believers, as long as they are upon Tawheed, and the sunnah, Allah will continue favoring them. But as soon as they start disobeying, and falling into sin, falling into innovation, and moving away from the path, then punishments will descend upon them. Right? This is why you will... Because you might sometimes ask the question, how come is it that the lands of the disbelievers are very rich, very powerful, have strong militaries, have higher standards of living... Have higher life expectancies, right? How is that so? When, on the other hand, we have lands of the Muslims are in chaos, turmoil, you know, uh, economically deprived and so on, and all the various other things. How is that so? How can that be, right? And how can it be that those who are people of disobedience, that Allah says He will punish them and destroy them. So how come this is not applying to the disbelievers? And that's because. The way Allah deals with believers and the rules pertaining to them is other than the rules pertaining to the disbelievers. With the believers, it is as I described to you, that if you are upright upon tawheed and upon the sunnah, Allah will favor you, Allah will give you strength, Allah will give you honor, Allah will give you might. وَلِلَّهِ Izza. <الْعِزَّة> to Allah belongs the Izza, and to the messenger and to the believers right so as you depart from his guidance then humiliation shall descend upon you when you do certain actions dealing in aina you know uh, forbidden transactions uh, cheating in the weights and measures innovating new beliefs new ideas into the religion becoming split and into sects right all of this you will be punished right you will taste fear you will taste poverty economic hardship No security, you will fear all these you will suffer all these things. As for the disbelievers, then Allah He gives them in abundance, opens up the dunya for them, because the dunya is not worth even a drop to him in an ocean. Right? And because of their disbelief, because of their arrogance, He gives them more and more and more and more right to slowly bring the eventual punishment to them. right? And they are deceived in their wealth and their power and their might. Right? And their standards of living and everything like this. They continue to be ungrateful. So He gives them more and more and more to establish the hujjah against them. Whereas to the Muslims and to the believers, He's giving them a taste of their sins so that they quickly turn back. This is mer- this is rahmah and mercy to the believers that they are tasting what they are tasting of punishment on oppression and poverty that they turn back and to the people of kufr and shirk, right? Then he gives them a long rope so that the hujja can be established upon them and they have no excuse whatsoever because they consume the favors of Allah day and night and they remained upon their disbelief. So the laws are different. And that's why, for example, in the Qur'an, there are the disbelievers, there are the hypocrites, and there are the believers. But the hypocrites in the life of this world are to be left alone. Right? They are to be left alone. And because they are among the Muslims. However, they have a different ruling in the hereafter. So, all of these things we need to understand and these things have been made very, very clear for us in the Qur'an that you know, we may not fully understand the wisdoms of Allah and how He treats different people with different rules and that there are things which are known only to Him and which will become apparent in the hereafter. And so what we should understand that the, the real criterion of a good life and being favored by Allah is what we mentioned. Right? It is Islam, Al-Iman, it is Taqwa, it is the Quran, Ilm, Al-Jihadu sabil allah and all those other things. Using your reason to obey Allah. This is where true life is. Right? Whether you are rich, whether you are poor, none of that matters. And we have learned of the false reasoning of many people, of nations, and you know that they believe that because they have affluence, that they are somehow favored uh, uh, by Allah, that they are upon the truth. Uh, this is not the case. So we'll bring our lesson today to a close with this. Um, we finish this section. And in the next section, we are going to dig uh, further in more detail and look uh, at some speech from Ibn al-Qayyim, rahimahullah ta'ala, we will read through his speech and explain, uh, you know, take some more insights about Al Hayatu tayyiba, what is the good life, from the speech of Ibn al Qayyim, inshallah ta'ala, in uh, the next lesson. So, with that, we'll conclude our lesson today. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen wa sallallahu ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.